you say Calvin Johnson did get in? Yep. Nice. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode yeah. of Chiefs Focus First and Ten. You are here with JP, Caleb, and a special guest. We got this from the Mike and You podcast. What's up, guys? What's going on? How you guys doing? Doing good, man. How are you doing? You know what? Living the dream here. Uh, waiting for this game, man. Just waiting for this game. Um, we are happy to have you on, Thiz. I'm glad hey, you I'm decided to join. And uh, let's get this out of the way real quick. I'll let you kick it off, Caleb, with the uh, with the situation that went on. Yeah. And the one thing I was going to say about the situation with Andy Reid's son and those uh, kids in the car crash would say, pray for those kids because they're going through some craziness right now. One of them is in the hospital and is ba- I think they said it's really bad. I see there's a GoFundMe around. Donate to that if you can. Also, just keep those that family in your prayers because that's horrible for a parent to have to see their kid go through that. And it's sad to see that in general for anyone out there. That's all I, I want to say. I agree. Well, with that being said, um, let's move on to this Super Bowl real quick. Um, we got we got a game tomorrow, guys. We got a game yes. that we uh, we're all hoping and praying that it goes our direction. Now, again, the game of all games, the game of all games, right here. I mean, it's, yes, sir. You know, Goat versus goat, you know, they can call him a kid, but, you know, whatever. That, that, Isn't I don't know that about a little it. bit disrespectful, though, to, to call me, him I a think kid it is. He's it like a irritated me. year old man. <laughs> yeah, it kind of irritated me, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I guess because they call a, go- a baby goat a kid, I guess that's maybe that's why they did that. But, it's um, just play on words. Me, but, yeah, man. play on words, but it wasn't a good one. It was kind of a – but anyway, <laughs> um, you know, you can't call the kid – you know, a guy that comes out of the, you know, shoot – playing the way he did and just put everybody's numbers in the dirt which he did he broke a record in every single game he played in 2018 he broke a record in 11 of 16 games in 2019 and this year he broke seven more records he broke records that people haven't even come close to including tom brady but regardless um some guys put out some stats that they these guys are from yahoo sports and they are, I guess, over the last five years, they have picked every Super Bowl and every, oh, I should say, every Super Bowl winner. And out of the six guys that are there, five of them have the Chiefs winning this game. We've already made our predictions over the show. I know, Thiz, you don't want to make a prediction because if, it, if whoever's listened to the show over the last five years, Thiz was on a couple years ago. And I think it was the AFC Championship game. And right before that game, when he picked the Chiefs to win, and, and he was a, he was under the assumption that that was a bad luck pick. But this is a different team. 2018, yeah. but it's a different it's a different team. Absolutely, it is. I mean, you got to think we were ranked 31st in D in 2018. We're ranked, I think, 10th overall right now, or 11th overall. That's a totally different, totally different team. You know, I mean, it just is what it is. Um, I know Caleb, you got your prediction. What'd you say it was? Thirty six twenty three. I think that yeah, I think it's they're gonna win thirty six twenty three. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs win by a score of less than six points. Okay, well I'm gonna stick with my pick. I'm gonna say forty two seventeen. Um, they got something to prove, and I know Mahomes has got something to prove, and that defense definitely has something to prove. Yeah, and you I'm know how prove it, uh, man. You know how Chris Jones feels about Brady. There's no yes, love. There is no love loss right there, man. And believe me when I tell you. So, Absolutely. you know, it's going to be a fight. Uh, how do you think this is going to turn out, you guys? What's your p- prediction on who's going to win this game? Who's going to have the best plays? Who's going to do what they got to do to make this win, to make this Super Bowl? I think oh. it's going to come down to, honestly, a player I'm thinking of that could have a big game that no one's thinking about is Brian Pringle. He's our kick returner right now. He also plays wide receiver some. The Buccaneers have a really, really bad kickoff coverage team. And one thing I know, when you have Brian Pringle back there, he can run fast yeah. and hard. So I wouldn't be surprised if he runs maybe a touchdown back or at least get 60, 70 yards of kick return yards. And I also wouldn't be surprised if he catches a couple passes when needed. Because remember, everyone's going to be trying to double up Kelsey and Hill. 
or they're gonna try to leave someone open. This is the time for Pringle to sneak out there and probably get a couple of catches. I think it's very possible for him. Yeah, yeah. we so we got this. Um, who do you think you, who's your standout player right now? My standout player is going to be Traverius Ward. There you go. Uh, the last time I was on the show two years ago, I was the AFC Championship game, and uh, of course they lost that one. Uh, partially because of D4, but we're not going there right now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was able to pick off Tom Brady in that game to end the game. It was the seal the deal part, and that got taken away from him. Ward is a great – Ward is a good player, okay? He is. He is. I, I, I do believe he's a little bit down this year, but that diamond in the rough that they found a few years ago – has actually come he's actually played above the seventh round pick that that was given up for him honestly so this is the time for him to get his revenge and actually get that pick on tom brady in the on the biggest stage in the biggest moment this is the time for him to step up and i think he can do it i agree with you man i think ward's gonna be he's gonna stand out i think he's gonna he's gonna have a revenge game if you will and honestly, man, a lot of people, you know, they bank on CBs as just, you know, God forbid if they don't pick a ball off, you know, or whatever the case may be. But he does his job. And like I've said in the past, that is, in my opinion, one of the hardest positions to play, if not the hardest position to play. Because you're, you know, you're 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 basically going against the entire team and the rest. You know, you got to watch the quarterback, his eyes, the wide receiver, his eyes, footwork, referees, God forbid they call a flag. You know, you can't touch anybody. You just got to be. And, and he's done a very good job this year of keeping people out of the end zone. And not a lot's got past him. And when I think they, he's only allowed one touchdown to my memory, and it was yeah. against the Bills and Stephon right. Diggs. But other than that, right. he's been pretty good. That's exactly right. And the during that game, mm-hmm. you know, during that game, you know, Stephon Diggs, you know, the, the great wide receiver, got 70 yards. So you got to look at it from that standpoint. And when they, and not only that, when they, you know, when they throw towards Ward and they know they can't get nothing towards him, they always go to the opposite side. And if they do that, that's a huge mistake on their part because you got Snead and, and Breland over there that are going to hurt him. Both of those guys. That's true. So it, it's going to be very difficult. I think, again, we're going to see a lot of Tom Brady's short little dump-off passes, RPOs, things like that. Because I don't think he's going to go deep against us. Well, I, I think he will go deep eventually. He's going to pick and choose his spots because you know Brady. He's a he's a field general. He looks at the play. He can dissect it pretty early. Um, but guys like Bashad Breeland and Legarius Snead, they're actually really good at masking the play. And dare I not forget Tyron Matthew. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. He they these guys actually are really good at disguising coverages. Yeah, they are. And, and disguising what they plan to do because that's what Brady does. Is he dissects play, dissects plays before he uh, before he even gets to the ball to hike it. So, of course, Chris Jones is going to be necessary to get through the line, but just just not letting him carve you up. Just kind of disguise some things. And by the by, don't forget Spags, who's calling the plays. The the the, the Brady. Brady the Brady, the Brady Slayer. Slayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I look yeah. forward to seeing what he dials up. It's going to be insane. You know, like I said, dude, we were ranked horribly in 2018. And some of that was because of, you know, learning a lot of people learning the system. Um, things just weren't where they needed to be at that time. And, you know, last year, everybody complained about the defense. If you remember right, how many people were on Twitter, Caleb, saying, oh, God, get rid of the whole damn team. Every single week, someone was complaining about Frank Clark, Tyron, Chris Jones. I'm like, give them time to tell. They have to gel. Give them time to tell. And that's what they – and they saw the run they did last year. And this year, the defense is playing pretty well. Yes, they had that one game where they got 40 points. But they've been besides that, they've been playing pretty good. Now this game is super well, maybe they're gonna give us some points, but I have a feeling that they're gonna get to Brady and disrupt him. I, I so have too. no doubt about that. I think so too. And you know, the whole thing too, guys, I mean, no matter how you look at it, 
when 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 a team is dialed in the way our team's dialed in right now, in every phase, it it's it's always a, a bittersweet situation because you've got everybody that thinks that we're, in my opinion, we've been an extremely underrated defense really this season. But also, we had eight games or or maybe it was more that we allowed less than twenty one points. So yeah, that's saying something you know i mean that right there is saying something when you have an offense that can score 30 plus at any given moment or whenever they decide to and you have a defense that gives up less than 21 i i'd say our chances are pretty damn good um it just is what it is we don't know if we're going to get a healthy mike evans if he's going to last through a game we don't know if we're going to get a healthy ab which we know already know he's not healthy and I don't think, in my opinion, their defense can even come close to handling our offense. I mean, you've seen what we we carved them up in that first game in the first half. We yeah, carved no up. help over the top. Yeah. Help is on the way. Help is help on the is way. On the way. <laughs> 209 yards and two touchdowns in one quarter. That's insane, man. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, I and then that guy, what's that? Why, what's their CB's name that was covering Tyreek that entire time when he got burned? Uh, Carlton. Carlton, he I, I, pops I, I, off. Did you hear what he said? No, what did, did you guys he hear? Say? He said, "Well, they asked him. They said, well, you know, given the fact that Tyreek just basically carved you got, you know, carved you up uh, in that last game, what do you plan on doing differently to, you know, cover him? I'm not changing nothing. I'm gonna yeah, play the exact okay. same way. <laughs> okay, you you do that, man. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and do that? I mean, you're not going to hurt anybody in Chiefs Kingdom's feelings for going ahead and playing your same game. Go ahead and do that. Because no matter how you look at it, we he he tore you apart. I mean, he made you look like a freaking middle school kid. That's all he did. Absolutely. Exactly. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see that. And, of course, they're going to try and cover up Tyreek. They're going to try and cover up Kelsey. But, again, you got Pringle. You got Watson. You got everybody else out there that – is going to be you can't cover everybody you just can't this team is too damn explosive you can't cover them all it's too hard it's just no team has been able to do it no team has exposed us no team has been able to actually cover everybody we have they just can't. I agree I agree everybody a lot of people are pointing to the Raiders game to which I've seen and that um, you know they had to be aggressive all game First of all, I just don't think even if they even if the Tampa Bay Bucks did have that mentality or that that uh, game plan, I don't think Brady has it in him to go balls to the wall all for 60 minutes. I don't believe it. He doesn't have like he's no Drew Brees, but he doesn't have that arm strength anymore. And if he leaves a few of those ducks up to grab like he did in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game, Legereus Need. And Tyron Matthew will pick those off. All those guys will pick those off. Breland, Breland did it um, in the championship game. I mean, in the Super Bowl last year. So yeah. he can't. I mean, I we just got to play balls to the wall. That's all. That's it. I, I mean, yeah. We want, go ahead, JP. No, I was just to say the pressure is going to be the pressure from the defensive line is going to be key because mm-hmm. when everybody knows when Brady's under pressure, he can't throw a ball. He, he does one of two things. He throws a ball straight in the air, or he slides down and falls on his ass. He doesn't <laughs> want to get hit. He does. I mean, he just falls flat on his ass. I, I don't know how many times this year I've seen him when I watched those buck. He did it against us. When he yeah. was, he, we were getting ready to sack him, all, he, he just fell down. He just laid down on the ground like he was going to take a nap. Yeah. Okay, well, he, I, you know, I understand your old. He could play another, another, uh, another down, so he just yeah. laid down so he could fight another game. So, exactly. That's exactly right. And, you know, that pressure is going to be – it's going to be key, in my opinion. Frank Clark, Chris Jones, everybody's got to put that pressure out and, and just keep Brady scrambling because you know he can't scramble. I mean, he just can't. So it's I'm going to be, be interesting. I actually – I actually want to see the defense do some things in this game that they haven't done before. I mean, I want them to be the tone setters. Yep. Uh, uh, just get out there and, and dominate from start, and then let the offense just 
you know, if they got to dink and dunk, let them dink and dunk. And then the defense just goes out there and makes them, forces them into submission. That's what I want to see because I know we got issues on our offensive line. And I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but uh, no, you're doing great, man. Keep going. No, you're good, man. You're good. We got keep it up. We got issues on our offensive line. You know, we we mix matching and moving people around, so we're obviously going to need help there. We're a little weak in that spot, but first of all, I'm not worried about that because Andy Reid was an offensive lineman, so he's got something for that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Andy Reid was an offensive lineman. He's got something for that, but the defense can really. Uh, write their name in the wet cement here and let it dry for all people to see and say, we're here. Stop disrespecting us. We have been here for a while and we want y'all to stop. I know Mahomes is great, but we great too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that, sorry, no, you're fine. Do you think that Frank Clark will have one of his best games of the year? Possibly. Cause he doesn't like Brady at all either. No, he doesn't. Uh, I think he could. He has the most. Uh, I think he has the most sacks of the postseason uh, this year. Okay. I think. I think I saw that stat somewhere. Uh, yeah, he's not doing what he did last year in the regular season. But if all, if he only performs, if he only shows, if we can make it to the postseason, and he only shows up in the postseason, he's been worth. Every ounce of whatever you sent, what we paid him, okay. Um, I think it's going to be more Chris Jones than it will be. Ty, I mean, uh, than it will be Frank Clark, just because okay. uh, Brady doesn't hold the ball too long. He's like uh, two seconds out. It's done. You know, he's not going to run. He might actually try a trick play or two, but he doesn't hold the ball very long. Two, three seconds, it's out. So that pressure up the middle from Chris Jones, uh, Wharton, from, uh, you know, all the defensive tackles, that's going to be key. And running through the uh, A and B gaps um, for any other blitzers is going to be key because he's actually really good at at picking up those guys that come along the edge. So I think Chris Jones is going to be vital to his disrupting him. I agree with you, man. Hey, by the way, just so you guys know, and I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know, it, it, it's it, it's kind of strange to me. They gave Derrick Henry um, offensive player of the year goes to Derrick Henry. What? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, dumb. Yeah, and then they said Travis Kelsey was up for the award. Okay, I I, I guess okay. my opinion, you know, Derrick Henry had a good game, a good season. I'm gonna give him that. Okay, great, he had a good season. He, you know, but where's he at right now? And honestly, on the couch. he's on the couch. And Travis broke, I don't know how many records this year, but, and he's going to the Super Bowl. So I, right. I really don't, I don't know, you know, it's always, you know, when these are picked, you know how they're picked. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, man, it, 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 those type of awards irritate me because of how they're chosen. I, I don't I, know about you guys. But. No, I agree. I think what it comes down to, I thought Kelsey had the better season to be honest of what he was able to do consistently game after game after game. I'm not saying Derrick Henry was a bad player, but if you're down by a lot of points, you can't run the ball with him. He's not really the best pass catcher out of the backfield, so he's kind of taken out of the game. And you got Kelsey, you can use him in all sorts of games if you're behind, if you're uh, if you're up by a bunch, and maybe that's to do the positioning. But in my opinion, I thought Kelsey was the better offensive player this year, in my opinion. Well, he helped us get to a Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, me, a, he was a big determining factor. For me, Travis Kelsey only played 15 games, and he was still the leading uh, tight end in the league. Like, he played one whole less game than yeah. uh, tra- uh, than um, Henry Derek, did. Yep, yep. Derrick Henry had to go beast mode in game number 16, or – uh, games, yeah, sixteen. He had to go two hundred and fifty yards in the end uh, game in the last game, which kind of helps him because it's two hundred fifty yards. Who's beating that? But at the end of the day, Travis Kelsey was able to, uh, you know, miss a whole game, sit not because of injury, just sit a whole game to rest up for the playoffs. 
because he was so dynamic and because the team won. So he's still, he's that good. But again, I'm not hating on Derrick Henry. I think he did an amazing job. Uh, And it could have been a toss up either way, but you know me, I'm a homer. So I I would have rather see Kelsey do it, but maybe this puts a chip on the shoulder. I'm, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, and, I mean, there you go. You're right about that, Fizz. Yeah, this probably honestly, he will put this a chip on his shoulder to feel the fire even more. Yeah. So one thing about our team, and I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but every time they, every time they put us in the back burner, or they don't give us any kind of credit, or they sit there and say that our, you know, teams are going to beat us, you know, whatever the case may be, we seem to come out even better, and it just makes everybody on that team more fired up. And if you can fire them up any more than they already are, you're in, it's just dumb to do. I mean, it really is. You can't, you know, these guys read everything that's on Twitter. They sit and they read every bit of that when they when they aren't practicing or doing whatever they're doing. And all that does is just fire them up. Tyron's gotten yep. on people's ass, I don't know how many times, for saying stupid things. And Frank Clark has too. So is Chris Jones yeah, for that I- matter. You know, I mean you say something dumb or you say something derogatory, it just fires these guys up even more than they already are. So keep on saying whatever you want to say. Keep on giving them awards away to everybody else. Yep. Please do. So, um, there was some, uh, you said there were some hall of fame. Does you had some hall of, uh, some guys that were inducted. Who was that? Well, I know one guy It was, uh, it was, Ah, shucks. I'm sorry. Charles Woodson? Very good, man. Charles Woodson, yeah. Yeah. Charles Woodson and Calvin Johnson, man. Yeah. The, I told we Charles Woodson, the news about Charles Woodson came out right before we got on. And, uh, of course, we knew he should be going in the Hall of Fame. We, yeah. You know, yeah. we knew that. Raiders, uh, Packers, uh, DB. So, he deserves to be there. Um, and... And I want to make mention of Calvin Johnson. This what a beast first he was. Oh, man. Yes, man. Uh, this is his first year of eligibility. And only reason I even point that out is because of guys like Chris Carter. It took him a while to get in. Um, I think Tim Brown, I think. Yeah, Tim Brown took a little while. Yeah, it took them. It took him a while to get in. And based upon those guys, I assumed that it wouldn't that Calvin Johnson wouldn't be in his first year. But here we are, first year, eligibility. Calvin Johnson's in. I'm very, very happy for him. Yeah. Like he he will never feel what it feels to be a champion, which sucks because he's on a horrible organization like the Lions. Yeah. But I'm glad to see him get this honor. He was one of the best I've ever seen play the game. I mean he really was. He was so good. Yes. He just an amazing football IQ and very rugged. Everything, everything that came his way was 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 his. I mean, he was just. I don't know if you got to watch him play much, Caleb, but man, that dude! Wow. Oh, I did, dude. Yeah. He, I remember him on that own sixteen team. He was the only bright spot. I was like, this guy is so good. He could easily could have left Detroit. After those four years he was there, he could have went to play with Tom Brady. They would have had one of the craziest duos of all time, possibly. But he decided to stay with Detroit, and I'm happy for him. But in my opinion, it's kind of dirty what they did to him when he decided to retire and they want they demand their money back when they essentially wasted his career. Yeah, I think what needs to move forward is you need to have a they, that organization need to look at themselves and figure out what they need to do because they wasted Matt Stafford's career, Calvin Johnson's career. And Barry, uh, Sanders. Barry Sanders, and it's and it's probably going to be more unless this new coach can turn it around. And that just shows you how great Calvin Johnson was. It didn't matter how how it didn't matter how many games they were losing, how many games they lost for a season, or how many points they were down, just anything. He came and played every single week. Like, sorry, he played every single week like it was his best. And I've just seen him have so many highlight tapes. And to me, he was really one of the best wide receivers. I got to watch in the 2010s and early 2010 segment. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he was amazing. That's the one thing about these guys that when you when you see a player, and I look at like you know, Travis Kelsey's a great example. Tyree Kill's a great example. When you're playing like this is the last game you're ever going to play, 
then you're going to have a good career. And that's how these guys look at it. They look at it like, this may be my last game, so I'm going to make it my best game. And if you've got yeah. that mentality, you're going to last a long time and you're going to have a great career. I mean, it just is yeah. what it is. So these guys, uh, well-deserved, both of them. Charles Woodson, I've always, I mean, he was one of my favorite players. Uh, got to meet him a couple times and actually talked to him just a while back when all the wildfires happened because he's got a winery and uh, yeah. up there in Napa and it a lot of it got burned and it was sad for him because it's fairly new and you know he, <laughs> right when he gets it to where he needs it you know it's kind of you know the wildfires kicked in and kind of put him in you know put a damper on things but right. um, he's a very good dude so well deserved on those guys' part yeah. um Next segment, Caleb. What do you want to go with, man? I want to go with who do you think the Chiefs is going to have a – sorry. Who do you guys think on the Chiefs is going to have a game to – that game to, to not forget? So, example, do you guys think Patrick Holmes is going to go for, throw for like six touchdowns and possibly to break the record? Or do you think Chris Jones could possibly get seven sacks? What do you guys think? Go ahead, Thiz. I'll let you go with that. Oh, I haven't thought about it. That's a good question. And the best answer I can give, I think, is probably um, is probably the return specialist. So I'm going to give it to, I don't know if it's going to be McColl or if it's going to be uh, uh, Pringle. Pringle, Byron Pringle. But if it's Byron Pringle, I believe he will break one and go to the house or a, I don't know if it's going to be a kick return or a punt return, but I think he might take one to the house. Yeah. So yeah. that's my that's where my vote is. I, I I tend to agree with you. I think it's if it's Hardman, I mean Pringle. I think he was averaging some crazy ignorant return number, like thirty eight or forty yards of return or something. It was insane the times that he did return the ball. I think if it's Hardman, I think he's looking for redemption and if Hardman is able to hold on to the ball and get an open lane you might see him return one as well I, I agree with you man I think it's I that's I, I hope he does because the kid deserves it I'm sorry but he does you know everybody slammed the hell out of him when he dropped that you know he muffed that punt and he came back and that's what I love about our team, man. They, you know, like Pat went up to him and said, sorry, Randy, Patrick went up to him and said, hey, shake it off. You're getting the ball. What'd he do? He came back. What'd he have, like a 70-yard catch? Yeah. Or something like that. It was insane. Out of the backfield, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And his speed is, I mean, he's right there. I mean, he's right. He's damn close to Tyreek, man. I mean, he's 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 a few steps behind, but he's close. So um, yeah, everybody's a few steps behind Tyreek, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ain't nobody. I mean, uh, you know, and then you know, of course, the guy that nobody ever heard of before this season was Scotty Miller. Still don't hear a bunch about him, but he says he can outrun Tyreek Hill in a race. Tyreek said, "Let's do it at halftime." So yeah, I, I mean, that's that. that's pretty insane when when you're you know. When your wide receiver says, "Well, let's set something up at halftime in the middle of the Super Bowl to see who can outrun who," you know. Now, whether the coaches allow that to happen, that's a different story, you know. But that'd be funny to see. I think Tyreek will make his presence known during the game. He will, he will make sure he's faster. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's no doubt know, about that. You know what they say: shoot for the moon. So even if you don't, uh, hold on, shoot for the moon. So if you miss, you at least end up among stars. That's what Scotty Miller just did. He shot yeah. the moon. So if he does lose, at least everybody knows his name on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. That's all it is because nobody knew who he was prior. I mean, honestly, exactly. he didn't have that. I think he had 400 and somebody was sitting there talking about how great he was. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he had 400 and something yards on the season. Um, And they were talking about AB as well. And he had less than 500 yards as well for the season. Uh, so I don't know. I really, I mean, I get it. These Buck fans are excited. I, I would be excited too. Um, you know that my team got to the Super Bowl. I'm excited. You know, we hell. How long have we been waiting? You know, I and mean, we went back to back. Yeah, but this in was, the same aspect. This was us last year. They are it was. us last year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 
I, I get that everybody wants to pump up their team. You know, it was kind of funny, this. So before that Bills game, man, I had people from what do they call that? Bills Nation or Bills Mafia or whatever they call Bills it. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. Man, they were hitting me up, dude. <laughs> uh, they said, um, Josh Allen's going to open up a can of hell on you people. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm glad. You know, they're going to whip ass. It's going to be a whip ass. I said, well, okay. Well, then, you know, I said, that's good, man. I'm glad to hear you say that. You know, I don't like to get into too many bullshit arguments with people, but um, yep. I said, good luck, Nick. You know, good luck tomorrow. That's all I said to the dude. Pissed him off because he, he wanted to find somebody to argue with. So of course. I left it at that. And then when the game was over, I just sent back to him. So, uh, what's up? How you feeling? You know, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting enough, I had somebody doing the same thing. Uh, you know, like for some reason, now that we win and everybody else is coming out the woodwork and we are the villains now. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. Uh, I got a Broncos fan at my job who, you know, he ragged me and all about, you know, when they won that championship, that last championship. But uh, when we won ours, I never said anything to him. I haven't said word one to him about a game. Wow. You know, I talk to him. Mm-hmm. I smile at him and I say, what's up? And we talk. And then I give him a little smirk and then I just walk off because it's hilarious to me because he knew (laughs) he knew this was he knew this time was coming. He was worried about it, but he always kept pointing to those three rings that his team got. Don't worry. I'm sitting here thinking, don't worry, we will get there. I don't know when, but we'll get there. And we are here, man. Yep. Yep. We are definitely here. And it's so funny to listen to these guys because that's what they always bring up. You know, they bring up how many rings, you know, like I had a Raiders fan do that to me. You know, I think the Raiders have won, have they won two or three Super Bowls? Do you guys know? I want to say, say it was at least two. two. I it could think be it was three. two. I think it's two. I think it's two as well. So one of the Raiders fans, I don't think he actually knew how many rings they actually ever had. And when we won last year, he goes, well, great. You got your second ring. We got we got more than you do. And I said, really? I, I didn't know that you guys won more than two Super Bowls. When was, when was the, you know, when were those two Super Bowls you won? Or the, the other Super Bowl? And he didn't reply back. And I said, here, and I pulled up the stat for him. I said, you guys got the same amount of rings we do. I said, but the difference is, is that you guys haven't really done anything since 2002. Let's see if you really want to look at it. We're in a different position. You know, we've been to the playoffs now, I don't know how many times. What every every Last, year except like, one. Six years, six seven. Yeah, years. every yeah every every year except one with Andy Reid, and right. ASC championship. You know, we won the ASC West now five straight years. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yep, something like that. Hey, yeah. I I do want to make mention now that you say this. How has Andy Reid not gotten the coach of the year in Kansas City? That's a good this question. He did turn this team around. Like he has mm-hmm. never gotten it since he's been here. I mean, that year he rambled off ten straight wins or nine straight wins or whatever it was, mm-hmm. turned this organization from a four and twelve team, two and tw- two and fourteen team to mm-hmm. uh, six, seven years later, what we are now. Man, yeah. how has he not gotten Coach of the Year ever in Kansas City? I don't know, but uh, you know, don't worry, his time will come. He will get his flowers for sure. It's and Sorry. you're right, man. It's pretty sad because they brought up today's. So they were they were talking about that coach from um, the Browns. Was, oh, the Browns. Yeah, he got. And they coach said, of "Is the this, year this year. He got coach of the year. And okay, well, you know that that team was already basically set. Uh, he did make some changes, of course, but they went from a seven win team to a ten win team. Yep. And they made the playoffs. Okay, and they got their asses kicked in the playoffs. But. <laughs> Regardless, I mean, he didn't do anything near what Andy Reid's done. Nothing. Or Brian Flores. Yeah, or really, Flores. Look what Flores did. He took a team that's been absolute crap for the last 15 years and got him to, in one season, really, got him to a 10-win season and in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I don't understand how, well, again, it's how it's picked. 
I don't really agree with the way they make the decisions, whether it's the media or the fans or whoever it may be, or the players for that matter. You know, it's all about who likes who and who's friends with who. They don't base it off of, most of these guys don't base it off of skill. They don't base it off of performance. They base it off of fan base, homerism, and, you know, whoever their team is. You know, it's really what they do. And if they have somebody on their team that is lights out great, but the rest of the team is absolutely garbage, they're going to pick that player. It just is what it is. So it's really, to me, none of this, it's a a kick in the teeth for Andy, but in the same aspect, it doesn't really mean a whole lot because it's not picked by anybody that really means anything, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Um, when 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 you start winning meaningful games, like I was, I used to be one of those guys that pounds the table. Like, why didn't they? Why didn't they give Andy Reid this thing? Why they know yeah. that that he deserves it? But then I was like, uh, these little awards—they pale in comparison to the real award, which is the Super Bowl. Exactly. exactly. Finally, after after years of hard work, we're finally there. And at, and looking at this team, they don't care about these little pink, these little teeny MVP awards. Because no. I, I told, you know, uh, shameless plug, the Mike and You podcast. I was mm-hmm. talking to my co-host, the Mike, and I told him that Green Bay, for, for some reason, to me, it felt like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. really, really, really wanted the MVP. It felt like he wanted the MVP more than he even wanted the Super Bowl, Yeah, to be honest. That's what it felt. Yeah. And he got what he wanted. And now look where he is and unfortunately it's not in the Super Bowl because I did want to see a rematch of Super Bowl 1 but well I think a lot of that had to do with there was two plays in that well I'll just put it this way when you have somebody that's with the NFL that tells you did you watch that Bucks Green Bay game yeah Yeah, I watched it you know that's what this guy's telling me and I said yeah I watched it why how many penalties did you count that the Bucks had that were never called in the first half. I said, I counted 13. He said there was 17. And he said there was 13 in the second half. Okay, well, take all that and put that aside. Aaron Rodgers made a mistake with that third down when he should have ran that. He had, a, he had a mile in front of him and nobody near him. He should have ran that ball. It's that simple. The field goal, I, I'll put that on um, on uh, LaFleur. That was a mistake. Yeah. They shouldn't have went for that. They should have just went for it. What did they have to lose? Nothing. They didn't have anything. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, it was it was a mistake on really on both of their parts. And I agree with you. It looks like it seemed like Rodgers was really pushing for that MVP award. And he got it, but he's at home right now. Right. And again, the talks are back that he may not be going back to Green Bay next year. And, you know, it's it's a tough situation when you think about it. This, and, Caleb, when you think about this, what do you do as an organization? Do you let your first-round draft pick sit because Aaron Rodgers has got two or three or four good years left in him? Or do you put your first-round draft pick in and trade Aaron Rodgers off to another team? Well, what I would do team? is... If- well, I, what I would do is I would keep Aaron Rodgers for one more year. And if he has a number MVP-like season and they still don't make it to the Super Bowl, I see you trade him while the value is high. I feel like it's high right now, but you could possibly trade him next year and use that draft capital. And also heard from my what I've been reading is their backup quarterback, I forgot his name, the future guy, but he's not, they're saying he's not really up to speed yet. So yeah, they're kind of in a weird situation. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I say you roll with Aaron Rodgers for at least one more year because they need some defensive help. So hopefully they yeah. do that in the draft and the offseason. I mean, they improved a lot. But there are there's some issues that still need to be worked out, and hopefully they can because I would like to see Aaron Rodgers be successful in Green Bay. But if they don't, I mean, he has a good another, another good season, they could trade him off wing to another draft pick. I mean, anything is possible at this point. Well, their defense, you know, you got to think about it no different than our defense. You know, our defense had to gel just like, or their defense has to gel just like ours did. And it takes, you know, that's, that that defense is really basically a year, year and a half into being together. Yeah. So you got to give those yeah. guys time to gel. Our team, our team had to gel. Mm-hmm. 
Go Let's ahead. Touch this. Oh, they got a lot of second and third year guys in their secondary. And yeah, so they, they haven't really gelled with uh, LaFleur and his plans. So, yeah, it's going to take it, – it should take this year. This year should be the year that they do it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, <laughs> no you're, you're good, fine, man. Yeah, man. no, you're good. You're good. Did you guys hear I, Alex Smith? What happened with Alex Smith? He got the, he won the a comeback player of the year. Yeah, he very did. nice, very nice. He I deserves was award- that. I was worried that deserved it to Ben Roethlisberger. Oh no. well, actually, one person voted for Ben Roethlisberger. Forty nine out of fifty people voted for Alex Smith. I don't know who that one person was, but obviously they didn't see the tape this year. It was Mike Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh man. Hey, you know what? Here, look. Ben Roethlisberger had an injury. It wasn't nearly as severe as Alex Smith's. Uh, no. Nearly. And you know what? I'm sorry, but it, Alex Smith, when he came in and he played, yeah, he was a little, I guess, rusty to a degree at the beginning, but he still played, and he played well. And he balled and, out. And he balled out. I mean, he deserved that more than anybody. You know, I mean, I rank him deserving that up there with Eric Berry deserving comeback player of the year because they yeah. both went through some serious stuff. Alex almost died. Yes. 17 oh, yeah. surgeries, bro. 17 surgeries. You know, infections, septus, everything else that he had to go through. And then to rehab back, to just get back in the league as a backup quarterback and then come out and play the way he did, nobody deserved it more than him. I, Nobody. So, I'm glad he got it, man. I, I really am. So, uh, anyway, we got uh, a few a few little things, little nuggets, and then we, we can end this show fairly. Because I know everybody's got things to do, and they, everybody wants to try to take their sleeping pills. I here, Look, you know what? I can't sleep, man. I mean, I, I haven't been able to sleep for the last three nights, and I was that way last year, you know, before we went to that Super Bowl. Weirdly enough, though, I'm not nearly as, I guess, I wasn't concerned last year at all. And it's so weird. I don't know about you guys, and I want your opinion on this. Fizz, you're you're closer to my age, so you've been watching this team a long time. And I know Caleb's been watching this team a long time. I have, I have never had a time, even when I with all my friends that played back in the 90s, other than the one year with Joe Montana when I bawled like a baby when we when he got knocked out. Um, I don't worry anymore. I don't have that fear of loss anymore like I used to have. What about you guys? You go ahead and fest. Uh, I ain't going to sit here and say I don't have any worries anymore because sometimes those jitters come back. It's no lie. It's like, it's like old... Uh, and shout out to all the veterans... But it's almost like a war wound. It, it, it hurts when yeah. the wind blows and you kind of flinch. You kind of flinch when you think about what has happened to you. Uh, yeah. But I, and then you sit here and think about who you're going against. Then you sit here and rationalize it and we're like, nah, we got this. We're good. We're good. So, But I, I mean, I was like that earlier this week where I was like, man, I hope we can win this game. I want to make it two in a row. I want to take Brady out but then I was like you know what we should have this we whooped them in the pre- in the regular season um, yeah. so I, I just I just think that the team is good enough they're ready they're prepared you know and I think they're ready to go what do you got Caleb um when it comes to this team I do get worse sometimes when I was a kid when I'd be watching the Chiefs I would always be shooting for the moon, land the stars, say, oh, they can win the Super Bowl with Alex Smith. And when they had players like Albert Wilson and stuff, and this is like before he left that year. And I would always get disappointed by what they did in the playoffs. And what I do now is I just take it week by week because I want to enjoy the season. But everything changed when we got Patrick Mahomes. We always have a chance. And I think this team can win. I do agree with Fizz. After the week, you do start talking to yourself and be like, yeah, I think they can do it. They have a very good shot, too. Everything has to work out, but they can. And just another thing, doing that process made me realize how you get those fans who really believe their team can be your team sometimes. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. 
famous, actually, this YouTube, another podcast I listened to, he's a Browns fan. He was going against the Chiefs. And he said he watched so much Browns stuff saying, oh, yeah, by the week, he was thinking that the Browns could beat the Chiefs. But I just want to put it out there. But what I'm just going to say is I was just taking it week by week, and I believe the Chiefs can win this. And like Fizz said, just you have to rationalize the situation because it makes sense after you think about it and use logic to the situation. Well, yep. and I agree with you guys. The only time that I get nervous, and I guess it's been – Really, it was. It's always been this way with me. Is with the Patriots when it was the Patriots and Tom Brady. I was always that always made me nervous, and my nerves came from not that we couldn't beat them, especially in eighteen, because I truly believed we would beat them in the AFC Championship game, and we should have beat them. There was two penalty calls that were both yep. interceptions. One of them was a bullshit penalty on Chris Jones. That was, should have never been called. That was definitely not roughing the passer. Oh my and then the goodness. second one, no matter how you look at it, if that would have been the Patriots or any other team, that would have been a warning on D Ford. They didn't warn him. They threw the flag. But the I don't know, man. I still, to this day, I go back and I look at that film, and that flag seems to come out right as that ball is thrown in Ward's hands. I don't know. Maybe I'm hey. wrong. Everybody said I was crazy, but I, it looks like that flag came out late. I mean, and I'm not a fan of the call either, but we should have just handled business before. That's all. That's how. That's how. That's I true. That game. That's true. It just wasn't. You're right. It just wasn't our time at that moment. That's all. It that's how it wasn't. And, we will, and you're right. I mean, we, we had got the defense we have now. No, we wouldn't. Right. Have, you know. Right. We wouldn't have. So and we, that's the thing. And we would have still had. Uh, Sutton here too. Oh Think about Lord! That. Think about oh, that. Jesus. that man. Yeah, that man, that dude, that my God. So you just it, brought it, man. You just. I never even thought was, about it like that, but you're right. Yeah, we would have had, you know. Yeah, Sutton would have stepped around, so he wouldn't have well, had no reason to go. No, I guess. Well, I guess here's the thing. Regardless of how you look at it, 17 and 18 were our two, statistically, were our two worst defensive years that I could ever remember. I mean, we always had a great defense all the way back to, hell, even the late 80s, we had a great defense. But we just always had that iffy, iffy offense. Yeah. And with Sutton and his two scheme, Ben don't break, who gives a shit if they get 600 yards as long as we keep them out of the end zone? You know, your defense gets gassed. And if your defense is always out on the field and, and, and just running up and down the field constantly just trying to keep them out of the end zone, you're n- you're never going to succeed. Spags has a totally different game plan, a different scheme, and his playbook is different. And, and it's worked out year. to him. Huh? He had that whole year to prepare. He took that year off and yeah. he was able to get, like, perfect his craft a little bit more. And, uh, study up on different things as opposed to being in the league and learn about it firsthand. And that's why Andy called him. So I'm very, I'm well, plus so, you got to remember too, is you remember in 2018 when we went through that little spurt from game five to nine, where we just were handling business on defense, all of yes, a sudden sir. our defense just came alive. Well, I think I told Caleb and I think I told you that we had a little mentor that was helping out the defense at that time. Yeah, you did. Now you know who that was. <laughs> that was that was planned well before the 2018. Believe me when I tell you, this was a conversation that happened about three games into the 2018 season, and that's why that change was made. And if it's we surprising. weren't going to make it anywhere, you know, what's that? Yeah, it was just surprising because Andy Reid. He he fires when he does fire people. It's at the very last moment, like the house. Yeah has to be basically burned down before he mm-hmm. fires him. So that's not really so it's not really Andy's MO. No, it's not. It's not. And you know, the one thing uh, and I I've said this before and I'll say it again. I love the fact that Andy is an extremely loyal guy. He's yeah. loyal to a fault to a degree because look at what happened with Sutton. You know, he should have been gone after the 17 season. Everybody knows that. Agreed. But again, Andy wanted to give him another shot because they're very close. They were friends. And it just is what it is. I love the fact that Andy is so loyal and so good to people. But there's times like that when you know it costs you 
really it costs you something, it's time to say, okay, let's just, you know, reel this back in and figure out where we're at. And I, you know, we had some great defensive players. You know, we had, of course, Eric Berry. We had Justin Houston. We had DJ. We had all these guys that were so underutilized because of Sutton. I mean, when you got Anthony Hitchens chasing down Le'Veon DeAndre Bell. Hopkins or Le'Veon Bell, I mean, or Amari Cooper, which that blew me out of the water. What the hell do you have Anthony Hitchens chasing down Amari Cooper for? Why would you ever in a million years think he was going to catch him? That ain't going to happen. And you got Justin Houston wandering around out there in the in the middle of the field trying to figure out who's going to do what instead of doing his damn job, what he's meant to do. You can't blame the players for that. You got to blame the person that put him in that position. That was Sutton. So, you know, I don't know what Justin Houston's numbers look like after he went to the Colts. I I, I haven't oh, seen any of his good, numbers. Man. Yeah, he's so not looking that bad tells at you, all. That tells you right there. And what is he? Thirty three now. Yeah, I think so. Something like I that. I know he's early thirties. So I mean, to be in that, to come alive after leaving a team that your defensive coordinator just put you in a really shitty position, no matter how you look at it, and then to come alive that that says something. Justin was always a good player, great player. He was just in a bad system. A defensive system, and it worked out for him, and I'm glad it did. I wish he would have got. I wish he would have got a ring with us. I wish Eric Berry would have got so a ring with us. You know, but yeah. it is what it is. You know, we can't change. We can't go backwards. All we can do is look forward right now. And right now, the the, the future is looking damn bright. I mean, it, I don't know, man, but we win this no one. And that's a, they, they all they're going to say is dynasty, dynasty, and then you're going to have a bunch of fans out there saying we cheated, just like they said in the Bills game. We cheated. Did you oh, see all that goodness. rhetoric about how we cheated in the Bills game? How did we how? cheat? I, I didn't we see just, it. We just gave them a whoop, and that's all we did. <laughs> yeah, well, there was no cheating. I mean, you know, Josh Allen was a punk ass for throwing that football in 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 a in a uh, was it Okafor's face? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a punk ass move. Man, you can't get mad because you oh, got sacked. Of course, sack. it was. Why are you going to get mad because you got sacked? Why? Because you're big and you think you can't get sacked? I mean, that, that was a bullshit uh, he move. Thought he, was, oh. he, he thought he was going to make a play. I mean, not happening. I mean, the it, just like the 2018 Chiefs, it wasn't the Bills' time. They still need. No. They still have a little bit of work to do. And, and they thought it was, to do. And they thought it was their time. They did. They did. And I, you know, and here's the thing. We had this, we had a Bills podcast that we did a crossover show with them. And it was before we played them uh, in the regular season. And they said, what do you, how do you think this game's going to go? And they were actually, Caleb, were they or were they not brutally honest about their team? They're reasonable guys. They're very reasonable. reasonable guys. They knew. They flat out said, we don't have a defense. We don't have a line. We there, we can't beat you. What do you think the score is going to be? And me and Caleb were within three points of either direction of that score. And it was kind of weird. I don't think we heard. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of them DM'd me and he said, man, that was a good game. You were right, though. I mean, what am I going to say? <laughs> I mean, you know, I said, man, you guys played a good game. You know, it's just it is what it is. It just takes time. But they were actually reasonable people, you know. They, they're not like a lot of these guys that just seem to. We we had a, pos, a Ravens uh, crossover, and the guy he was getting a little annoyed. I think with me. What do you think, Caleb? Because I think I called. Oh, the game. he was getting annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I called the game. Uh, I said, I think I said, God, what was my prediction? You said it was, thirty-four to seventeen, and he was like, "It's a blowout." You're like. He goes, that's a blowout. And I said, no. I said, man, I don't know what area you're from, but me, a blowout was like 34 nothing, you know, 21 nothing. If somebody else doesn't score and you score 21, 28, 34 points, that's a blowout. But if somebody scores and you're within a couple touchdowns, that's not really a blowout. And we ended up beating him worse. But regardless, the whole point was he was <laughs> irritated, man. He was annoyed, you know. Oh, and so is the crazy thing was is the fans were mad at us 
Oh yeah, the, the fans, fans were mad at were, us. Their fans yeah. on this live show were getting pissed at us because what we were saying. And I, to this day, I will go back and I still look at that podcast because it's on YouTube, and I see all the comments of those fans. And I, yeah. I just get tempted to start roasting them, but I don't. But they were seriously like, Lamar was going to win. So I'm like, Lamar can't throw. And JP and I were right. He can't throw. No disrespect. I've never he thought fans are the, the fans are the worst ones, man. They are, man. I mean, that guy there was living in a motel. He was. He said he was in a transition from his house. So he was staying in a motel or something. And he was doing a show live from this motel room. And he was... You could tell he was fairly new at podcasting, and it was okay. I mean, that's fine, but it was just the fact that he was so annoyed so quickly. And I was honest about it. I said, look, man, I said, Lamar has to learn to throw. He can run all day long, but you know what? The average lifespan of a quarterback slash running back or a running back is about six years in a league. I said, and somebody with skinny-ass legs like he's got, a DB is going to get fed up and take him out and when they take his legs out from under him and they blow out a knee what's he got because he can't throw he's got to learn to throw he got a little bit better this year but nowhere near what he should have been so i don't know man it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be a crazy time you know over the next few years i don't know what lamar what they're gonna do with lamar if he can't learn to pass the ball they they don't have a shot they just don't I mean, say you bring in a veteran who's really, really good at throwing, or even someone, I don't know, bring in Michael Vick and just work with him. He has the all the fundamentals to do it. It just needs practice and repetition. I think he can do it eventually. Because like you said, JP, he can't run forever. He can't. No, no. Look at all the guys that have run over this course of time. Michael Vick, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cam Newton. I mean, look how long mm-hmm. he's been in and out of, you know, all these guys that were running quarterbacks that that was their life was to run the ball instead of pass the ball. They got injured a lot. Now, Michael Vick was a little bit better than most because he was just strong. The dude was a beast, but Lamar's not that strong. He's tall, he's skinny, and he's fast. He's more like, to me, a wide receiver style build than he is anything else. So I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see how he develops over the next few years, and hopefully he does. But I just don't Caleb want to see him right. be another. Uh, what's that? Caleb was right. They probably should bring in a guy like Mike Vick. To they help. should, or even a Dante Culpepper. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some some guy that got legs. I'd even bring in Donovan McNabb. Yeah, that's true. Donovan was a great player. I mean, he really was. You know, so that, and that's a great idea. I mean, I think a lot of teams need to do this because what's his name that's ended up on the practice squad that came out the first round draft pick and now he's on a practice squad? Um, oh, um, what's his name? Oh, damn. hold on, it, I forgot. Hold on, I know, I see his face right now. He was with the Cardinals, and now he's yeah, he bounced around the league. Yeah, Josh he started Rosen? with the Cardinals. Josh Rosen. Josh yeah, Rosen, Josh man. Rosen, because he had no mentorship, and he had no quarterback coach that could help him he bounced around the league and now he's on a practice squad that's sad he was a first round yeah, draft pick he was he was dealt a raw deal too I mean he really I think was he was dealt a raw deal he was you know and uh, we've talked about this this and I and, and 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 I know you've talked about it too but it's I'm not big on first round draft pick quarterbacks I never have been because usually one of two things happen they go to the worst team or the worst organization in the league and they don't get a good, a good shake. You know, they don't get a fair shake at what they should be doing. Or they come out with a giant, huge 50-pound chip on their shoulder and they're out of the league pretty quick. You know, Johnny Manziel, all these guys that were supposed to be these... I mean, you can go back to Ryan Leaf. He goes from a $36 million signing bonus to robbing some lady's house for pain pills. So... It's sad that you see these guys. That's why I've never been huge on first-round draft picks. What Andy did because of Brett Veach with Mahomes was the smartest thing I've ever seen. When you can bring in, I should say what Veach did, that was the smartest thing you could have ever done. And I would have given up everything. I would have given up the house to get Patrick Mahomes. And I was the first one to say I thought it was a mistake to put to, to 
trade Alex Smith off after one year of Mahomes sitting, and I was wrong. And I'll admit I was wrong. Well, the, I thing, mean, about, the thing about Andy, man, he's a quarterback. He himself is a quarterback factory. Now, uh, you know, guys have thrived under him. Even even though Kevin Cobb went down to Arizona and didn't, didn't do so well for them as a starter, he did amazing for uh, Andy Reid. And yeah. just because Arizona wasn't able to bring out the best of him, it makes it look bad. But Andy Reid, he does some great things. He made Michael Vick a pocket passer. Yeah. That does that doesn't just happen because because it just doesn't happen. Andy Reid is no. a quarterback factory. He is. He's a guru. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's 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 changed the culture of a quarterback's mindset. I guess he's changed their mindset and he's changed their their motor skills to become better. I mean, look how much now Alex Smith at one point he had a higher passer percentage, passing percentage, than anybody in the history of, in, of the NFL. And then all of a sudden he just kind of fell off because he was a game manager. And yeah, a lot of his passes were short. But he was like, his overall career was insane. It was like 80-something percent. And then, you know, he kind of fell off the loop a little bit. But that last year, his contract year, that was the best statistical season he's ever had. But Andy Reid changed him from when he came from San Francisco. You know, he's doing well there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they're both BYU guys and they're both, uh, you know, they they, they share the same mindset, but in the same aspect, you know, Alex Smith not hurt that season that San Francisco went to the Super Bowl. They still would have went to the Super Bowl with Alex Smith. I think they still would have went. So that team was built to go. It just was built to go that year. So... Alex has been consistently great for 15 years. You know, less the, you know, two years he was out for injury. The guy put himself out on the line. And Andy, there was times Andy just like, what the hell are you doing? I remember one specific play where he dove. He took off running down the left hash mark. I mean, he dove towards the first uh, first down marker. And two dudes just spun him. He spun three times in the air and landed on his face. Yeah. Andy's face yeah. was like, oh, shit. Shit. I remember it? every single Alex Smith run, and yep. uh, Alex Smith on with his legs. It was a is a wild card. He never, he rarely would do it, but when he does, man, he ran hard. He took it. You remind me of that dude from San Francisco back in the day. This remember, Je- um, uh, what was his name, man? He's kind of short, stocky ass dude. Um, well, you're not talking about before. Garcia, are you? Je- yeah, Garcia. Garcia ran hard. When he would you know, run, he would get he man he he got hit hard. But he got you know, running. Played for Reed too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. So, so anyway, guys, um, it's been a great show. I'm glad you came on, man. Yeah, yeah I was coming on. Yeah, I wasn't going to because I just you know just superstition. But look, man, I listen to you guys all the time. And I appreciate what you guys are doing. And, uh, and, you know, I appreciate being on today. We appreciate it, man. Hey, man, everybody out there, you need to listen to the Mike and You podcast. These guys are awesome. They got a great show. They go over not just the Chiefs, but all of the NFL. So if you need information about everything that goes on in the NFL, that's the podcast to listen to. Because they both know what they're talking about. They do their research. And they follow all 32 teams. So get your listening ears on. Pay attention to the Mike and You podcast because these guys are awesome. And give us a shout on Twitter if you're on there. Yeah, follow follow them on Twitter. Um, yeah. You know that you know if you got topics, whatever they they'll happy to answer you guys just like we are. So absolutely. Uh, with that with that being said, man, has anybody got any parting words? Any parting uh, predictions? Anything that you want to say before we? wrap this show up, you know, pre-Super Bowl. The one thing I just want to say, it just uh, direct this to the fans, uh, uh, Jay, we had JJ on on our show during the summer, 
And one thing he told me that he told his family before he watched the Super Bowl, he told them there's going to be ups and downs, but they're going to be okay. I'm telling you guys the same thing. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but the Chiefs are going to be okay in in the end, in regardless of they win or lose. I believe they, they I believe they will win and just spring, sorry, give love and positivity because the players see what you put out. So just always just be calm. It's going to be okay. There are going to yeah. be bad plays that's going to happen. Balls are probably going to get dropped. Things are going to happen, but just have faith that the Chiefs can prevail and they will run it back. That's it. That's all you got to do. I mean, I, I say it every single game that we're down a little bit, never count us out. Because as long as Mahomes is out on the field, we got a chance. And that's the biggest, that's the one thing that everybody has to remember. This is not the same team from five years ago, from four years ago. This is a totally different football team with a different mentality, and their whole mindset is to win. They don't care about nothing else, and they work to win. So let's just stay calm, stay positive, and everything will work out. That's all I got. Anything for this before we go, bro? Hey, stay stay humble, stay happy, stay healthy. These guys can do it. They will do it. We're bringing another Super Bowl home, guys. Thanks. That's right. That's right. Thank mm-hmm. you, man. All right, guys. We'll talk to you guys after the Super Bowl, Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, have a great day tomorrow. Enjoy it. And uh, stay safe out there. Deuces. Peace out. See you next time, Chiefs Kingdom. God bless.